Bonjour, shalom, and hello. Welcome to the 12th episode of our second season of Calling an Audible, a podcast focusing on national, regional, and local sports stories with our own special twist. My name is Zach Greenberg, and along with Greg Johnson, we're your hosts. Today we'll be talking about the big four sports, some golf, as well as a bill involving the NCAA. This will be followed by some local news, as well as we'll as we'll always wrap it up with our wacky sports update. So straight, we'll start off straight out of golf with uh, Tiger Woods finally uh, getting back into it and winning the Masters for the first time in 15 years. Yep, I honestly did not think Tiger was going to even qualify in the top five after his first two rounds. But then once I saw he was within striking distance starting day three and then he jumped up as far as he did, that kind of told me that he had a great shot at winning it, you know? And yeah. then and then I think the best part that took it all was when he knew he won it, he 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 went over, he hugged his kid, he gave his classic fist pump, and the sports world erupted. Mm-hmm. I, the amount of fans that that man has for what his life has been through, you know, I just think I just think it's the greatest thing ever. And then President Trump even is going to give him the Presidential Medal of Freedom, I mm-hmm. think, for this. Yep. I think that's actually really cool. Yeah, I think it's very cool, and he, you know, he's one of the. He definitely deserves deserves this more than anybody, I think, because the amount of, you know, he he had the whole controversy and all that that happened t- ten years ago, but then yep. he had to deal with a ridiculous amount of surgeries on his back. I think he had like three surgeries in three consecutive years or yeah, something. Yeah, he, he's had a crazy amount of surgery and all that to come back and perform at the highest level possible and winning the biggest tournament in golf. Yeah. That, uh, that says a lot about him. Uh, there's there's some cool things I, I was looking at here. Uh, so when Tiger Woods last won the Masters, oh, uh, the iPhone, the first iPhone was still in the works. <laughs> um, George George Bush had started his second term. Obama had only been a senator for less than a hundred days. Uh, Roy, Rory McIlroy was only fifteen years old. Wow! So those are just kind of some cool things. Uh, and the the Dark Knight was the highest grossing film in the United that States. That movie is that old already? Oh my god! And that was also the last time LeBron James missed the playoffs. <laughs> that was that was tweeted by Demarcus Cousins. But um, <laughs> yeah, but looking back though, last time Tiger won the Masters was 2005, and his last major championship win was the U.S. Open in 2008. So it's and, been 11 years for any real major championship success for him. That's a long time. Greatest comeback of all time, or no? I mean, I don't know what else is comparable. You know, to to come back ten years after doing anything really relevant in the sport and compete at the highest level is and win. I I, I yeah. can't think of any any other examples of, of that happening. And the fact that of all people to do it, Tiger Woods, the American face of hockey. I'm I'm gonna say it. He is golf. He is wow. I was, I'm sorry about that. I was kind of looking at some hockey articles <laughs> too long here, but yeah, the American face of golf. And for him to be able to do what he just did, and I, I can't stress this anymore, I think he is probably the greatest ho- hockey again, well, the greatest golf, the greatest American golfer in the past 10 years in America, easily. Even before that, when he started winning championships in 97. Yeah, his first ever Masters win, uh, I was about to be born in, in, in a month's time, so 
22 years later and he wins another one and that extremely impressive but we'll move on to uh some women's world championship hockey uh team usa for the fifth year in a row uh wins the women's world hockey championship but this time it was a little controversial you want to talk about that yeah so what the situation was was the referees wanted to award a goal but there's a video judge that overruled everything so obviously viewers at home you're not able to watch the video via us but you can actually look it up online and what it was was there was the Finland forward. She scored the goal, but she got tripped by the goalie of America, and they called a tripping penalty on the goalie and said no goal, so they had to go to a power play, which they did not score, and then eventually America won it in the shootout. But the video review showed, and the judge explained this after, it cited two rules in saying the goal by Petra Nemian, Nymanen, I guess I cannot enunciate Finnish last names, but was disallowed due to non-incidental goaltender interference. And obviously when she scored the goal, it sparked a huge wild celebration because it was being hosted in Finland. So that would have been big time for Finland to win the world championship on home ice. But obviously the goal is called back. And then because Jenny Herkoski made contact with the American goaltender, Alex Rigsby, who was moving out of her crease, and as she passed in front of Renette Herikoski, wasn't assessed a goaltender interference penalty, but Rigsby was giving a tripping minor. So because of that, and the rules state, an attacking skater who makes contact other than incidental with a goaltender who is out of his or her, his or her goal crease during game action will be assessed a minor penalty for interference. If a goal is scored at this time, it will not count. And then incidental contact is allowed when the goaltender is in the act of playing the puck outside his or her goal crease, provided the attacking skater makes a responsible effort to minimize or avoid such contact. So I guess there's a lot of, you know, beef on Twitter because, you know, this should have been a goal, game should have been over, but rules state and it was overturned. And I think that was the right call. Yeah, I mean, based on the rules, it was the right call, but I don't think that those are the right rules. I, I you don't like think so? no. If, if the goalie interfered and then gets scored on, how is that on? How how would that be on the Finnish player? Like why would why should the Finnish team be be punished for for that when they scored a goal because of because of the penalty? Because if you think about it, like you know when any player gets a minor penalty until the other team touches the puck then a goal can be scored no problem why would it be any different in this situation you know and i guess that's where it boils down to how the rules are laid out obviously that's the blaring exception on how everyone sees it i'm pretty sure obviously americans are going to be like you know whatever we want who cares and finland's going to be very annoyed for especially from losing at year. home like that yeah that that blows i'm there's no way to sugarcoat that but that that sucks for finland and you know, they played that well, and America was blowing out all the teams. I think they even beat Canada pretty handedly, too. Yeah, our women, women's hockey is not like our men's hockey. so. Yeah, but they are still very good. Cause they, oh, yeah, absolutely. Because America beat Canada for the first time in I don't even know how many years at the Olympics. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, it, they've always struggled against Canada at the Olympics, but in the World Hockey Championship, it's always been USA for some reason for the women's team. Not to complain, but, no. you know, that's what it is, and, you know, I guess the rules are the rules, and if they want to be changed, you got to, you know, push it through and make it 
and obviously petition to get them changed, and hopefully they do. But until then, I guess they're going to be staying put. But moving on to the NFL, my Patriots signed Demarius Thomas to a one-year deal after they lost Chris Hogan to the Panthers. I mean, I think they'll make good use of Demarius Thomas. He's coming off injury. Yep, but, torn Achilles, which is going to be a little tough, tough and, to come and back And he's from. also well into his 30s now, so it's... But here's the thing. He has the chance to play with both Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He knows what to do. He's a seasoned vet, and I think that's why they brought him in is because, yeah, obviously he knows yeah, what he's, he's doing. Yeah, he definitely uh, seems like a Belichick-type player. Mm-hmm. And you guys, in losing Gronk and Hogan, you need some more weapons. So, yep. And I think Austin Safarian Jenkins was also a good pickup, and he should do pretty well in Gronk's absence next year as long as, you know, they, they're still going to employ the tight end like they always have been, assuming they will. You know, and... New England has been looking at drafting someone. No Fant, maybe. Yeah, out of no, Iowa. He's, yeah, who they who uh, they would have to trade up though. They'd have to trade up, but you know, analysts are saying that he's the closest thing to Gronk. Oh yeah, he's currently. really good. I want the Packers to get him too. Got to hope not. And we have two first round picks, so it's possible. Do you know where he's projected to go at all, or is he like a second round? The latest mock draft I looked at, he was like 17th or something like that. Okay. And the Packers have the 12th pick. But uh, we also have... have more of a need than tight end right now. So, you know, yeah. I don't – he might – if he falls to 30, I definitely hope the Packers take him. But there's other players we, we need right now like that an, aren't that Like aren't an entire team. Yeah, no. <laughs> a safety and a D lineman. And a defense. No, we're, we're, we're all right on defense. We, we're the only right. thing you're for sure at is quarterback. And left tackle. <laughs> and left tackle. <laughs> but, you know, that's just how it is. And the NFL also recently announced that the Bears and Raiders, as well as the Bucks and Panthers, will be playing in London's new Tottenham Stadium. And playing in England isn't anything new for the NFL, but... You know, I've always wondered why they do it because the NFL players are on record saying how much they hate playing in England because of the field conditions. Mm-hmm. Brings in money, though. Brings in money. so For all the teams and the league. So your overall opinion of this is that it is definitely a good thing that the NFL I mean, does this? I mean, it's a good thing for the league and a good thing for the teams because they're going to be making money off this. And it's also a good, good thing... Because you're reaching out to fans that wouldn't necessarily be able to attend games most of the time, and whether whether the they're fans of the teams out there or not, like if you look out at the at the crowd, you, you see you know every different type of jersey out there. So I think it's a good thing overall. So I'm pretty sure that the NFL currently plays in the UK as well as Mexico. Mm-hmm. Do you see any other countries the NFL might branch out to? Well, they they had a couple games in Canada for a while with okay. the, the Bills series in Toronto, and that I hated because I knew that if the Bills moved to Toronto, then the CFL would be done because Toronto is the base for the CFL, and it, it probably just wouldn't. It would probably fall apart if they weren't in the league because they the, the city wouldn't be able to have a CFL team and an NFL team that yeah. would just, that just not destroy work. The fan base. So I'm I'm thankful that that didn't happen. You know, and continuing on this article, the Green Bay Packers are the only NFL team that has yet to play in the UK. And as we discussed that on a recent episode, I think four episodes ago, maybe five already, 
I know it was in the beginning of our season. It was probably even longer, to be honest. It it's been. a blur, but... Yeah, time flies when you're having fun on podcasts. But, yeah, the Packers are the only NFL team that hasn't played in the U.K. because all their tickets are sold out for the foreseeable future, and they don't want to give up a home game. Yeah. Which, you know, is understandable. It's, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. Especially with that fan base... For the Packers in the UK, supposedly. Yeah, they have a really big fan base. I follow I follow an account on Instagram. It's called UK Packers, and it's got it, they've they've got a lot of followers, and they uh, pretenders maybe. They, no, they po- <laughs> they post a lot of of people like, you know, things British people do like drinking, eating fish and chips, watching the Packers play, and Warm stuff like beer, that. Warm beer, kicking a football around. That's not actually a football. A football. A football or a soccer ball, as we call it here, but. You know, that, that's just them, and that's their nature. But we're going to move on to the NBA here. And DeMarcus Cousins has a torn quad, and he is out indefinitely. Doctors are right now determining how severe it really is. And no matter how severe this is, the severity of it has no impact on the Golden State Warriors' <laughs> rest of the postseason. I was just about to say this really doesn't affect Golden State at all because they still have, like, six other All-Stars on the team. Yeah, it's... I mean, it, it sucks for Boogie because he finally, you know, was healthy again and was performing at the level he used to used to. Yep. But, but yeah, he he tore his quad. He, he's out indefinitely, and and it was it's it's weird because like the other day I was talking with 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 a couple of people. We're talking about how possibly the Warriors could not you know win the NBA championship this year, mm-hmm. and there's like, well, Boogie could get hurt. And then Boogie gets hurt the next day, and I, and but and the thing I said to them before Boogie got hurt, I'm like, even if Boogie gets hurt, they're still probably gonna win in the finals, four games to one, four games to two, yeah. No matter who they play, because the bottom line is Giannis can't carry the Bucks all the way unless unless they're playing another team other than the Warriors. But I, I don't see the Warriors losing to anybody, and no. I think the that Clippers game was a little bit of a wake up call for them to. Uh, you know they got to get back on, back on their horse, and because you you saw that they blew that thirty-one point lead. I did see yeah. that, but and that was actually kind of surprising because I didn't. Of all teams to blow a thirty-one point lead, two of all teams, the Clippers, who are sneakily good. Yeah, but still, Golden State, thir- Clippers without Tobias Harris. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just Patrick Beverly is currently in the grill of all of Golden State right now. You know, he's arguably one of the best defenders the NBA has seen in a long time. And there's really not much else to say other than the fact he is a get-in-your-face kind of guy. When I played basketball way back in eighth grade, it seems like forever ago, my coach always told us to get in the face of the person you're defending. He literally said nonchalantly grab their jersey and then get so close in their face you can tell them what they had for lunch. And, you know, that... I feel like that's exactly what Patrick Beverly is doing, especially how much he's irritating Kevin Durant. I'm not sure if you saw the free throw line video. Kevin Durant was throwing a free or shooting a free throw, and Patrick Beverly fake stumbled. No, I didn't see that. Did he get called for it? No, because he just like lifted up his foot. He didn't, he never stepped over a line or anything. He just like lifted up his foot, pretending he's gonna jump like right before Kevin Durant shot it, and actually Kevin Durant missed it. And I. He gave Patrick Beverly a look, and you can tell he's he's in his head. But Kevin Durant's still a better player, so it's really not going to affect anything at all. We'll um, move on to uh, some more to some hockey news as the 
President's Trophy winning Tampa Bay Lightning, the Sweat. best team in the NHL with the most wins of all time, tying the Detroit Red Wings, get swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round. Not, I am honestly surprised. I'm, I'm surprised, too. I, uh, as you know from a previous episode, I had picked Tampa Bay to win the entire Stanley Cup <laughs> yeah, playoffs. Yeah, you did. Hey, and guess but, who um, who I picked that swept the Penguins? You you did pick the Islanders that swept the Penguins. But, yeah, look at that. And and that is also another crazy thing that, you know, that Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and the Pittsburgh Penguins get swept in the first round after all the success that they've had and in the, the playoffs And the craziest thing about that is how Sidney Crosby had one point the entire yeah, series. Yeah, and he had a and minus, it, one, minus one for the whole series. He almost had a goal, but he hit it off the post, which yeah. is like every NHLer's nightmare. But, um, you know, that's just the nature of hockey. And currently around the league, the Jets and Blues are tied up now, so the Jets are showing signs of life. Yeah, we... Uh, we had a really good game last night, especially from both the Connors. Connor Hellebuck, our goalie, uh, played unbelievable last night, and and then Kyle Connor, who scored the game game winner for us in overtime. You know, I I can't say enough good things about Kyle Connor. I think I think he's the best player on the team. A lot of my friends wow. back home would would disagree with me, and they'll say, you know, Mark Shifley, Dustin Bufflin, Patrick Line, even Blake Wheeler, Blake Blake Wheeler as well, but. The way Kyle Connor plays the game, he's he's always in in the play. He's always he's got a nose for the puck, and I don't know. He, I just see, whenever I watch him, he's always skating as hard as he can, and that's just one thing that sticks out to me about Kyle Connor. And I think uh, the Jets are gonna have to open their wallets quite a bit for Kyle Connor. Oh uh, yeah, he's probably gonna get about season. a good six seven a year for the remainder of his restricted free agency. But you know, to go around the rest of the league. The Sharks are being demolished by the Golden Knights' second line of Pacioretty, Mark Stone, Mark and Paul Stone Stastny. Mark Stone going crazy. That was probably the best trade of the year, easily. Nashville is currently up on Dallas 2-1. to one. The Avalanche are on top, the West-leading Flames 2-1. to one. And the Bruins and Maple Leafs are with Toronto up 2-1 to one right now. And, you know, I'm, it's kind of how I expected things to be going. Not Granted, without the Avalanche and Flames and Toronto and... Boston series, but you know, other than that, it's kind of how I thought the playoffs would play out. And like, eventually, I don't know. I, I think the uh, conference finals are probably going to be the best series of, out out of the any recent ones I've ever seen. Yeah, this this playoff playoffs has been wacky so far. Like both uh, teams, I thought were going to win their respective series have been swept. So, but. Just another thing to say about Mark Stone, he he is he's leading the entire entire league in playoff points with ten, and he already has six goals in this My short God. playoffs and just going in off. in four games. So he's just going crazy right now down in Vegas, and there they could be a very scary team again this year, going all the way to the cup. But you know, I didn't think Vegas would be that go that far this year in the playoffs like last year, but I might actually think it might it could turn out to be Vegas and New York. I think that would be a... I still don't think New York has it. Nah, well, Barry Trotz is coaching them, and he won it last year at the Capitals, so... you know That's true. It's possible. Maybe maybe it's all coaching. Barry Trotz from uh, Dauphin, Manitoba, if I'll add. Oh, uh, just had to throw that in there. I did have to throw that in. Not Winnipeg, but still Manitoba pride. There you go. 
So we're going to move on to some interesting news that kind of pertains to what our podcast really is about when we first created it. And not necessarily the topic itself, but the perspective of student athletes take on the sporting world. And with that, Colorado lawmakers, and I think some other states are jumping in on this too, they're taking on the NCAA in the name of college athletes. And with that, their initial goal is that they want to pass a bill that allows colleges to pay those athletes. Zach, where do you exactly stand on the payment towards college athletes? Uh, I think any athlete that has a role in getting in, in, in bringing in more income to a university, mm-hmm. they they should be getting paid. So, for example, that would include like most mostly it'd be, it'd be all D ones. Yep, f- for the most part, and it'd be it'd be players that. You know that are key players that stand out that are actually that you can actually see are bringing in revenue. You know whether it be uh, Michigan State selling a number five jersey in their store, people know that number five is Cassius Winston. Yep. So every time they sell number five jersey with Michigan State on it, Cassius Winston should should get money from that. And but paying them in general, you know I'm. I'm I'm kind of in the middle because I can see I can see both points of view on it because you know the education is being fully fully paid for, but the amount of time that athletes put in and the amount of work they put in Leaves makes little it so to no time for anything outside for work and or for any money outside of that. So, you know, you, even if it's not like paying them per se, but you know, you providing them, them amenities about that. Yeah, amenities or an extra stipend or something like that that they can just that that goes on whatever for the whole year or for the semester that might be the best way of doing it but i don't know yeah there's a lot of things that student athletes probably need that they don't get and one of the things i'm working on with a professor of mine is drafting some sort of writing where we can push to unionize student athletes in the form of getting a players association not necessarily get them paid that's its own different thing but this is in terms of medical care getting paid for. So say if when you're playing football and you got a significant injury or to be completely honest, any injury that required a doctor's visit, you wouldn't have to worry about it because either the school and or the NCAA would cover the cost because you yourself, granted you signed up to play the sport and the injuries are assumed, but you shouldn't have to completely bear the load yourself, you know. And then the other point that and what I'm trying to push for is the scholarship guarantee. Because when you sign on to a school, when you sign your national letter of intent, a lot of those are all based on your scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. And they shouldn't be. No. I mean, they they should be four-year deals. They should be. They should be four-year fully guaranteed contracts. Because that's essentially what it is. When you sign your NLI, you cannot do anything else. You're going to that school. And it's very, very hard to get out of them. And I've talked to a couple people that have... And just going off that is because if you recruit a player, you obviously want them there. Things do change. I understand that. Maybe some off-the-court issues happen. or But, th- but that's an, uh, another factor, you know? Like yeah. if, if something bad happens outside of the sport, then you can address then it. And that should be in the writing to be voided. Right. You know? But if there's it's just... A, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be thought about. And I think me trying, me personally, and with the help of even you and basically any student athletes anywhere voicing their opinions for what they desire and need the most i think that would probably provide the biggest push you know 
But to continue on going on with our school, Zach, it looks like we added a couple new sports to the program. Yeah, so the Golden Eagles Athletic Department just announced that uh, they've added men's and women's cross country to uh, our portfolio of sports. Not Our not very vast portfolio of sports, but added nonetheless. And so they'll compete at the uh, Division II NSIC level. And uh, we've also added trap shooting um, as a club sport uh, offer to, to offer because in our area, you know, trap shooting is very you know it's there's a big draw for it it is and as our school is mainly agricultural based Mm -hmm. a lot of these a lot of the students that go here definitely have trap shooting experience and i think that is definitely going to be a big hit at this school and i i think that this it's great that they added these two sports i thought i thought i had heard somewhere that they were going to bring club hockey back too because club hockey was something that they had here my freshman year and I remember how much fun it was to go to those games and even though they weren't like competing at the division two level I remember going to one game where they played uh South Dakota State and they beat them in overtime and everybody was just going nuts as if like well there is a in the sports center there's a nice big gigantic trophy case about all of our hockey d3 hockey accomplishments and Crooksman actually had a good hockey team yeah and I think that having a club hockey team, you know, might cost a little bit of money because of equipment and stuff like yeah. that. And then we'd also have to rent the uh, rent the arena rent and the stuff arena like that. But, but I think that I think that if you're looking at prospective students, and especially within this area, hockey is a, yeah. a big deal. And if you tell them, oh, we have a club hockey hockey team here, and then they're like, oh, I love hockey and I want to pursue an ag major, well, there now you I can do that. It's really weird hearing of a Minnesota school that doesn't offer hockey. Yeah, especially with the success of our sister schools in Duluth and the Twin Cities. Twin Cities, yeah. You know, it, and our state schools in Mankato, Bemidji, even St. Cloud. Right, I just think it's a little difficult because all of our sport, there's no Division Two hockey, no, obviously. It's, it's either Club D3 or D1. Right, so we mistaken. don't, the only choice we have is is really club. Yep. So I mean, I guess we could I mean, it do, could start we could do club, D1 right? like like Duluth, but I just don't think we oh, have the get absolutely murdered. Every yeah, game. we don't have the funding, have, the scholarship, not even the facilities. Even. No, not even close. So that that could never happen. But you know, it's it's always something to think about. I think the school should ponder bringing club hockey back within the next five years. But since our school is having such a you know issue retaining people and graduating our freshmen, I think that you know adding. Adding a couple more sports is definitely a good idea. In, in I wonder if track is going to be come next in. after they decide to cross country. Right, and the thing is with cross country, there's zero expense to cross country. Really, it's just running. Yeah, and, on a uni- golf and uniforms. Yep. So it's like it's uniforms coaching, don't uniforms, cost much. Travel and right. just where you're going to. But right, but that's relatively inexpensive. Dude, uh, uh, when you're comparing it yeah. to a sport like. Football. Football or yeah. even baseball. Just, even baseball. You know, but, and that, that's always something to think about, too. But uh, in other Golden Eagles news, the men's uh, golf team has the NSIC men's golf tournament uh, to, starting tomorrow and the day after in uh, Liberty, Missouri. The softball team will be playing on Friday at Mankato at 1 p.m. The baseball team will be playing against St. Cloud here on Friday at 1 p.m. Those games will both be doubleheaders, and they'll play again at 3. So the baseball team will be home on Friday at 1 and 3, and the softball team will be away on Friday at 1 and 3. So those are just some of the calendar events coming up for Golden Eagle Sports. 
And to wrap up the episode, it's a little shorter episode today because we kind of went uh We still we still are at 28 right now. We're going to hit 30. 28 minutes, 30 minutes, which it's, it's not a short episode, but our last episode, we had a long one. Yeah, it was like 40 or something like that. So, but to wrap it up with our wacky sports... And I, I found I found a couple interesting articles, and I think you might enjoy them. The first one is regards to J.J. Watt. He seems to be in the news quite a bit. And it really kind of... This one I actually don't agree with how Wisconsin's doing it, because he's going to give a commencement speech at graduation, and the Wisconsin faculty asked him to submit what he wants to speak so they can put it on a teleprompter for him. And J.J. Watt's response was, I was just going to wing it. He had no plans on doing anything. He's just going to stand up there and just speak for X amount of time because I guess he's a very extemporaneous speaker like we are here on our podcast. But Yeah, I mean, in this article on ESPN, it's he's quoted saying that he's, I grew up 45 minutes from Camp Randall, so being invited, invited to go back and have the opportunity to go back to my school and a team I watched grow, growing up, idolize, walked on and eventually got a scholarship from uh now he gets to sp- speak at their commencement it's an unbelievable honor so i don't like i don't think people should make it seem like he's not taking it seriously by not writing out a speech like when you have that type of connection to a place and you don't need a spe- you, you don't need to talk about it to, no. to talk about it because he's going to go up there and inspire no matter what he's jj watt and he's got a good personality to just go up there and and say what he wants to say, and he'll—he's definitely—he's going to send a positive message because he's such a positive figure in in society as a whole right now. Yeah. And so I, that, it, it is kind of wacky that uh, he had that his entire plan was just to just to go up there and wing it. This, but you know, it's pretty funny, and that's just totally definitely what J.J. Watt's character is like. He's a very easygoing person, down to earth, and he's a great public speaker. And what he's done for the community in Houston is very very great but we're going to move on to what ray's recent cy young winning pitcher blake snell has done you might like this one at home and what he did was he got put on the 10-day injury list because of a broken toe now how he broke this toe he suffered because he fractured the fourth toe on his right foot when he got out of the shower and then attempted to move a large granite bathroom stand He's quoted saying, it was really dumb. It's like a three-piece set in this pole that just comes up like two and a half, three feet. Went to move it, I lifted it up, and it wasn't glued to the pole, and the pole came crashing down. 80 pounds right on his toe. All I can say is, ouch. Yeah, yeah, you messed up, Blake, but... You see, Blake, you have enough money to uh, get anybody you want to do that for you. You don't need to do that stuff. You focus on baseball. <laughs> That's probably what the race told him. He's just like, how about you get out of? How about you get all those heavy objects out of your bathroom, first of all, so that way you don't break your toes anymore. But you know that's understandable because maybe you take the corner wrong and you just stub your pinky toe because everyone's done that. And it's scrutinizing and agonizing pain. But you I know, mean, at least you know your toe is not the most important body part as a pitcher. No, but. I mean, you definitely—it's hard to pitch with a broken toe. Don't get me wrong. It's insanely hard. It'd be to... much worse if it like fell on his hand per se. Well, yeah, it'd be obviously much worse. But on his plant foot, yeah, yeah it's any part of your foot that hurts, you can't pitch. Any part of your hamstrings. So you do you think this knees. will hold him out longer than ten days? No, because it'll heal by then. It's just does the discomfort go away? 
he's only going to miss one start. That's what the report said. And, you know, it's this is one of those things where it's it happens. That's life. You know, it doesn't always go your way. And hopefully he figures out how to take a shower next time. Really. <laughs> but that's going to do it for today. Thanks for listening to Calling an Audible. Uh, and I just want to let you guys know that next week we will not have an episode because I will be out of town when the time framing works because our producer's got some uh, business outside of the school, so he won't be in Monday through Friday. And then Thursday I'll be flying out to Boston for the Harvard case study. I'll just be here alone. So, I mean, maybe Zach will bring in our good friend Matt Nelson and maybe Will Cole even. We, we, can we could have something. an episode minus Greg. Yeah, I, I might feel a little but left out. But I feel out, like people just might not listen at that point. You know, then that could be. Maybe no, Greg, no show. No, uh, it's no Zach, no show. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll find out in a couple weeks. I guess if I come back and say, oh, hey, by the way, we recorded an episode while you're gone, I'll be like, oh, okay, cool. I yeah. guess I'll have to listen to it then. But yep. For Zach Greenberg, I'm Greg Johnson. And as always, listen to us on Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube. We always appreciate all our folks listening in and feel free to hit us up on the Twitterverse at call audible pod. We aren't afraid to take your opinions into consideration and jab back and forth with you. And it's always fun interacting with our fans. So have a great Easter and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Calling an Audible is made possible through the assistance of the University of Minnesota Crookston Media Services Department and executive producer James Pogachnik. The views expressed on Calling an Audible are not necessarily the views of the University of Minnesota Crookston or its affiliates.